Memory equals null is a stars without number campaign, sponsored by Roll20 and filmed in front of a live Twitch audience. For more information, or to take part in the continuing adventures of our amnesiac hero, head on over to twitch.tv slash viking underscore blonde. So, Vic takes the morning, sleeps in a little bit. Uh, after raising with the uh, the the faint uh, the faint uh, after throngs of a hangover. So you you look on the news and there's like a report about the incident that happened last night, and they're going around about how like um, the security camera footage was like lost and is trying to be recovered. Yeah. Um, and then they also go on to elaborate that apparently this happened on other planets, um, and you know. The, the way that communication in this world works is that faster than light travel is a thing, but faster than light communication is not. So there are like ships that have to deliver news to other sectors. Okay. But, but we're getting reports in that other priests on other worlds and the surrounding sectors were all murdered almost simultaneously. Um, are there, uh, does the report say anything about murdered clowns specifically? This is all like, you know, sources on the inside tell us so it's like nothing's confirmed yet um some of them yeah. you do know like people just walked into the temple one day and all the priests are dead okay okay so we don't know if it was entertainers or what all right so you get dressed uh you head out um making sure to like punch out for your um your hotel room so you don't continue to get charged on your way out you open the door and on the door Is this? Oh, good! It's like drawn in like Sharpie or, you know, some kind of permanent marker. <laughs> this might uh, not be a threat. This might be job invitation. Or it's a threat and they know we're going to smear a clown with a robot fist. Alright, so you just like find the first place that's open and serving food? Yeah. Alright, so it's, um, it's like a. It's like a shawarma place. You're sitting there eating your shawarma, contemplating clown murder, and uh, somebody walks up kind of to your side. Actually, several people walk up to your side, and a, a voice says, Excuse me, are you Thick McRunfast? Uh, how are we going to play this? How are we going to play this? Who's asking? Which is the same as saying yes. Um, and you look up, and it's... Uh, it's a black guy. He's pretty tall. He's like six foot. Um, black, really nice business, like dress shirt, black tie, black jacket. Um, his hair is braided and like pulled back and goes about halfway down his his, uh, his waist in like a ponytail. Oh, cool. Uh, he, has, he has one like uh, piercing, like uh, brow piercing. Um, his hands are clasped behind his back. And behind him, there are four security guards with like the full face masks for those of you that have seen altered carbon the like that full face mac has a bunch of like s sensors and scanners and stuff on the front and they're oh. holding like guns um he goes my name is devon maffa i am the head of security for balu industries uh dorian ator would like to have a word with you can dorian wait until i finish this because i need this in my life right now he he chuckles he goes i believe we can wait Alright. Do you mind? And he kind of gestures to the other seat asking if you can sit down. Take a seat, take a seat. Would you like some uh some terribly overpriced and terribly tasting coffee? Yes. I'm good, thank you. 
Okay. Uh, so, mind if I ask what this is about? I say when I'm like, like, shawarma hanging out the side of my mouth. Like, this is, I, I'm not eating this classy. I'm not pretending to have any decorum. This is hangover shawarma. I'm just like, so what is it? Oh, it's not going down. So what's this about then? Yes. I believe that is between you and, and Doran. I am simply the messenger. And since this is of a rather high importance, apparently, he sent me to get you myself. Oh, well, uh, the sentiment is clearly appreciated, friend. Clearly appreciated. Um, I guess we're not going to get anything out of this guy, so I'm just going to finish stuffing Schwanger into my face, like you know. And I mean, like this is this is like gross hangover eating. Like I'm thumbing in bits of meat at the end, just being like, yeah, licking your fingers. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> meat juice all over. So after like having to do a full face wipe and get rid of it, um, let's. Uh, uh, and I am going to pay because I'm not a complete. Actually, no. Hang on. Um, before, before, does your boss mind picking up the check? He kind of chuckles. And he goes, "Tell you what, <laughs> this one's on me," and he pays for it. Yes. All right. So uh, he begins leading you uh, down the the hallway. Um, the guards, there's they like, you know, go in formation. So there's two in front of you, and two behind you, uh, and he is leading the way. As you're like walking down the street, licking the last bit of like tzatziki off your fingers. <laughs> um, after a while, unless you want to do something, after a uh, while you finally get to the like the center of the station, and there's so around you it's very grummy and grimy, and like this part of the space station is, I believe I described it in previous session as like if England or if London was a space station, it's grown very organically because people just keep slapping additions on. Okay. Um, but you get to the center and there's this like gleaming white elevator that just comes Ooh. down and there's like a security line around it. Um, and there's like guards standing post around it. And the guards just move out of the way and let you guys through. Um, he walks up to the elevator and there's a little scanner thing. He, he holds out his arm, he raises his sleeve and it scans his, his tattoo. And the, uh, the doors open up, you all step inside. So you go up and it's one of those like super high speed elevators. Um, so there's a little bit of like, you get the G's from the elevator going up. Yeah, and you, you go up for like OAs, like you're in this elevator for almost a minute. Um, and eventually it slows down and stops and the doors open. And you walk out into this like really pristine, like white and chrome everywhere. Um, just like office building. It's there's like a reception desk that you guys just walk past. Um, so you go down like a very long hallway. Uh, you go past a bunch of like cubicles and people doing various officey things. Mm -hmm. um, and they all just like see you coming with a full like security detail, and everyone's just like, nope. <laughs> like out of the way, the aisle clears. As you walk by, everyone gets kind of quiet. And then behind you, you hear like whispering, like, oh, Who's that person? Yes, you recognize him? You know, that normal office bullshit gossip. Um, so you walk into a, there's a big, like, huge oak doors, with, like these really finely engraved, uh, like, patterns and stuff. Um, he opens the door and you walk in, and there's like a reception desk uh, and then another door. Uh, and he stops and he turns to you and he holds his hand out and he says, Weapon, please. Uh, so what were we packing? We were packing a knife as well as things, weren't we? 
You have a knife and you have your laser pistol. All right, so I'm going to take out the knife and pass it to him. All right, he takes it and he uh, he passes it to his other hand and holds out his hand again. I'm just going to do the, the, the hands up in the air because we know our laser pistol doesn't uh, show up on scanners. He, uh, he goes, Mr. McRunfast, I have seen the security footage. Your weapon, please. Fine. All right, then. Um, so, taking the pistol, but I'm going to pop the clip. Yep. Sorry. So he hand, you hand him the gun, and he kind of looks at it for a second, and like gives you like a, a nod of like, this is nice. And he goes, obviously, he's will be returned to you. He he turns and kind of glances at the, the receptionist, and she just like nods. He goes, he's, he's expecting you. So you walk in. Um, he opens the door and, you know, leads you in. Uh, and this is... Like, everywhere else in here is very, like, clean and sterile and, like, you know, really well, like, Apple designed this place. Okay. It's amazing. And then you get into this office, and it's similar, but there's a lot more, like, dark wood. And then off to your left, there's actually a garden. Like, there is a straight-up, like, small park with this huge domed glass, uh, like, bubble facing out into space. So you can see, like, just the bottom of the... Uh, the planet and then like all the stars and stuff and kind of see the the various shipyards down below and we um, are a spacesuit and a pistol away for some serious mischief he leads you in and sitting at a desk there is a uh, a necrom um which is one of the, the aliens he he's in like a, a white dress shirt but like the top buttons unbuttoned um he was wearing a jacket, but it's, like, draped over the edge of the desk. Um, yeah. And he's, like, sitting there with his compad, uh, like, watching something. Okay. Um, and you actually, you recognize him. You're like, I know this guy, but it sounds a little... Oh! It's the dude that was, like, on Balu Industries' website's homepage. <laughs> but his hair is different in this. Or in that. Like, in okay. that, his hair was dyed, um, was dyed black, and it had, like, a streak of gold along the side. Um, but Necrom naturally have just solid white hair, and right now it's not dying, it's just solid white. Oh, and um, Necrom's are the uh, space high elves, right? Basically, yeah, space high elves, except they're, they're like, the bottom of their earlobes connect like all the way down to their jaws instead of being like, it's never like ours. He's sitting there, um, like watching or reading something on his, his tablet. Um, uh, I'm blanking. Uh, Devin walks up and sets the, the pistol on the desk in front of him and kind of steps takes a couple steps back. Um, he finishes reading whatever he was going or was doing and kind of like does a little hand gesture and the four guards like, you know, do a kind of military like, you know, feet together and then yeah. turn and walk out. Um, Devin also looks like he's about to leave, but he just goes and is like waiting by the door. Okay. Um, he's inside. The door's closed. Okay. Um, after a moment... Uh, Doran Ador, who you now know this is who this is. Um, he puts his tablet down and he, he leans back and he like sizes you up for a moment. And then he picks up the pistol and he looks at it and he kind of admires it. And while he's admiring the pistol, he goes, Mr. Thick McRunfast, you, sir, are a bit of an enigma. And he puts the gun down. And there is only one thing that I hate more than having an enigma on my space station. I will assume that that is your cleaner being four minutes late for a job, right? No, plaid. Can't stand it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And you suddenly remember one of those weird like station laws is no plaid. Note to self, find plaid. Um, yes. Now then, who are you? And why are you on my station? My name is Thickman Runf- All right, you know that. Uh, you also glance down, you look at, like he's got his like nameplate on his desk and it says uh, Doran Ador, CEO Balu Industries. So, I'm going to be very frank with you, Mr. Thick McRunfast. Please, just thick. He goes, I'd rather not. <laughs> he picks up his data pad and he like swipes something and there's like a hollow projector on his desk. He goes, let's work in reverse order here. Okay, and okay. screenshots up and it's, uh, it's the security camera footage of the event happening. Okay. The only reason the police do not have this is because we own the security cameras and we told them it's corrupted and that we're trying to retrieve the data. Let's go back a little bit further. And he swipes and it's um, like a ship manifest. He goes, there were 186 people that got on that transport and 187 got off. You are not on the manifest, sir. Yeah, there was something. I don't know what happened. There was some weird. Let's go back one step further. And he swipes again. And it's security camera footage from within the transport. And you see, like, oh, that's that old lady I was sitting next to, but there's nobody next to her. And then, like, the footage goes like, staticky for a second. And then you're just there. He goes, Magical Space Powers! Sorry, sorry. He goes, Now then, <laughs> Mr. Thick McRunfast. I will ask you again, who are you, and what are you doing on my space station? Seems to me, friend, that uh, much like how the station footage got corrupted, seems like the uh, the footage on that shuttle got corrupted and all. Weird that. So she, he, uh, he's sitting there kind of like sizing you up, and then from the garden, somebody starts walking in that you didn't notice because they were like behind the bush. Okay. Um... And uh, they walk up, uh, kind of like aqua skin. Um, instead of hair, they've got like tentacles. Um, really attractive female, uh, purple eyes. This is a siren. Um, so they are incredibly rare. They're hands down the rarest of all the species. There's actually speculation that they might actually be like endangered as a race. Um, no one's ever seen a male version, which is why they kind of think that they're endangered. Um, but they're very secretive. They don't talk about like their culture or anything. They live for a really long time. Um, the Grun, for some reason, think that they're like demigods. Um, and also, they have two sets of vocal cords. So when they talk, you actually like harmonize with themselves. Also, um, but pretty much everyone agrees that they're gorgeous. Um, and because they're so rare, it's actually become like a status symbol to have one like staying with you. And you're like, I will, you know, room and board you and like give you all these fancy things if you'll come and live with me because it's a status symbol to have you at my parties. Okay. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. And she kind of walks over and there's like a little bar um, behind Doran and he, she like pours herself a drink. And she, she turns and she looks at you and kind of like sizes you up for a second. And then suddenly 
<clears throat> the world around you seems to get like muted and like somebody turned the saturation down on everything. Okay. And her eyes go black. And in her weird multivocal voice, you hear her say, Doom be upon thee and those of your ilk. You mother! For you have seen the light of the weather, but are not of the same thread. No! As babes, you fractured eternity, and humanity is better for it. It was you! It was you the whole time! The whole fucking time! All goddamn week! So yeah, her eyes go back to normal, and the world kind of comes back up to full volume, and she just like walks away with her drink like nothing fucking happened. Um... So I'm gonna trying to maintain a modicum of calm because you know I will admit at this point Thick McRunfast's face was exactly like mine but without the noises. Uh, and I'm just gonna turn to uh, Elfie McCEO and go, "What was that all about?" As because I've just gone and then I tried to compose myself and be like, "What was that all about?" Uh, he he looks at you like really confused, like, "What are you talking about?" Friend of yours? Like, wiggly eyebrow. It was... Yes, she's my house guest. Okay, okay. I got some info on all of this if you want it. We faced down that clown, and what you show... What you We faced down that clown, and I took a pot shot at him after he stabbed that um, Mother Hubbard up. And he came on down. We got to see a little bit of the, the face, or I should say faces, behind the mask. And from what I've from what I've heard, they seem to be on a pretty hard aggressive against this church or whatever. They implied they might be looking for people to to work with or for people to facilitate their operations. I don't know, but I said we were open to the discussion. Right now, I'm just looking for work. I'm just looking to to make a little bit of coin between now and working out what this whole mess is. And the only thing I seem to be good at doing is punching things in a giant robot so that's my story that's that's your anomaly so he he sits back in his chair and like sizes you up he says let's start with what your real name is because I refuse to believe that any parent would be cruel enough to name their child Thick McRunfast let me put it like this Think about the meanest thing your parents ever did. Now imagine you're an accident. Like, my parents took a certain, a certain dilapidated joy in naming me Thick. You ever been a ten-year-old's birthday party, being named Thick? Trust me, it was whether it was deserved or not is another matter, but it was very intentional. And he kind of waits for a moment, and then he says what did you say to the assassin and what did he say to you so I fired a shot past his ear to get his attention and I yelled over here so he comes on down he sidles up to me and he says you're interesting the captain will want to meet you he'll be in touch I informed him that my rates are reasonable which by the way my rates are very reasonable just saying just saying and that's all I've heard from. Uh, I uh, 
I have an inkling they're going to get in contact real soon, but I don't know too much beyond that. He, he at this point, picks up the gun and looks at it. And he just kind of gestures to him. Where did you get this? Old family heirloom. Where'd you get your jacket? It's tailored by somebody worth more than everything you've ever owned and ever will own. Then you've obviously never had shawarma with a hangover, my friend. He goes, do you know what this is? Referring to the gun. Yeah. Um, uh, my best stylistic accessory. He goes, as far as I can tell, this is pre-scream tech. Told you, family heirloom. He sets it back down. He goes, Are you actually a gold ranked mech pilot? Or is that a family heirloom as well? I told you, I'm good at two things eating shawarma and piling robots. If I didn't tell you that, it should be on my business cards. Do I have my business cards on me? I, I do like a mock pat down as if just to be like, uh, I must have left him in my other robot. I'm so sorry. kind of size he he leans back in his chair a bit and goes Mr. McRun fast I believe that since you've walked in this door you've done nothing but lie to me as it stands I plan on having you thrown out and will sever all connections with you and make sure that your contracts which for some reason are incredibly well favored with zero jobs done are severed and put in bad repute unless you can change my mind <sighs> okay okay if you want the if you want the full skinny then i'm happy to tell you but it's it's not a better story i'm afraid i don't know heck uh the moment in your sh the moment that your security camera show me showing up on that transport that is the first thing i remember i I was suddenly aware of myself on that transport. All I had was a pistol, compad, a few credits, some sick tattoos. All I really know about myself right now is that I'm fecking good in a mech cockpit. Everything else, no idea. I've been flailing around the station trying to work out. The encounter with the clown was purely fecking chance. And for some reason, doesn't seem to affect me a whole bunch. They've said that I'm interesting. And that the captain will be in touch. But I don't know. My day-to-day -day would have been basically just rolling around trying to find out what the feck and feck is going on. Oh, cool. And someone pinned a clown mask to my door. Before your, uh, before your matey boys found me. So that's all I know. I know it's not the answer you were hoping for. The reason I've been... <laughs> the reason I've been trying to get you to give a job in a cockpit... It's, I'm pretty sure it's about the only thing that I can do with abject certainty. That's all I know, friend. He sits back in his chair, and the uh, the siren has like kind of meandered back over, and like rests her hand on his shoulder. He goes, "I'm a firm believer in keep your friends close, your enemies closer, and the unknown closer still." So, you want me to set up a desk like there, or...? I will give you a job. 
The coming games, the exchange has determined that we cannot only have one pilot per squad. And I am in need of a second pilot. You're basically cannon fodder anyway, so it doesn't matter how good you are. But if it turns out you're great, better for me. So. All right. I will have you go down to, uh, and he like swipes on his, his compound for a moment. He goes, Hangar Bay 42, and you will go there. You will talk to either uh, Miss Ortov or Dr. Upton. He reaches in and he pulls something out of a, a desk drawer and he like hands it, like sits on a desk, kind of slides it towards you next to your gun. Yes. You will give them that. If this clown, assassin, whatever you want to call it, contacts you again, you will report to me as soon as you are physically able. Understood? I'd still be curious to know what your skin is in the game, but I'm fine with that. And you, you like glance up at the uh, the siren, who's just like, kind of, kind of sizing you up. Just give, just give me the eyeballs. Um, uh, oh, Terry, sorry, Terry, sorry. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else to add. All right. I find you. Hang on, so bear me a second. <clears throat> I find your terms reasonable, but I got two requests. One, I get to name my mech. Two, when we go into this and I win, which I will, I get to keep my mech. Yes. It has already been named and it's already been entered in on the forms as Sonder, so we cannot rename it now. If you win, I will let you not only name, but keep your mech. It's more or less an experimental model anyway, and would probably just be scrapped, so... If you win... Which... Your mech has to be operational at the end of the combat to do... I will let you keep your mech. Well then... Seems like we have ourselves an arrangement. And I'm gonna extend my hand for the handshake. He, he kind of, like, looks at it for a second and then stands up and kind of, like, straightens his shirt and then reaches out and takes his hand and gives a good, solid handshake. Oops. I'm going to leave the handshake just for a half second longer than it should be for social graces just so he realizes that's a hand that's eaten shawarma. That's a hand that's eaten shawarma very recently. He, just he, long enough. Just yeah. long enough. He doesn't seem to notice. Like, he's just, like eye-to-eye eye staring you down, like, kind of giving you the, like, do not fuck with me looks. I, I'm not, and my face is not, like, you know, I'm not trying to counter him, I'm not trying to yeah. be like, Grr. but yeah. there is gonna time, there's gonna come a time, Not maybe not right now, maybe in a few minutes, maybe when he holds his comp pad and he realizes that the thumb pad, like, the thumb purses are a little bit greasy, that he realizes, that's mm. someone else's shawarma. Yeah. Alright, so it goes, Devin will escort you to Hangar 42, because down there it's a bit of a rat's nest, but I bid you a good day, and I expect to hear an update if you hear anything back from the assassin. 
Okay, uh, so I'm going to be a bit of a chode, uh, and I'm going to do the, uh, it's a deal. I'm going to walk backwards, kind of like with the, you got it, boss, but with an uncharacteristic amount of smoothness. I'm going to give the siren like a, like a close-eye wink. So you start backing up, and he goes, Mr. McRunfast. And he points down at the gun and the, like, the, the data stick that he slid towards you that are still sitting on his desk. <laughs> and then, so I kind of freeze, and then do almost like a reverse, like, finger guns maneuver. Pick them both up very sheepishly. Uh, tuck the unloaded gun into my pants and the cred stick into my... Wait, did I get a jacket? I think I need a jacket. You have a jacket. Okay, cool. Because um, we're going to get the jacket customized. Uh, but that's coming soon. So put those in. But then immediately re continue doing the backwards maneuver as if I hadn't even planned it. But then again, uh, having failed the first time, try once more with the siren, just a little... So I'm being super cheesy with, like, yeah, pew, pew, and then um, just... So, so the siren, like, kind of puts her hand up to, like, muffle a, a chuckle. Done. Um, and he, like, shoots her a look, and she's like... <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Devin opens the door and lets you finger guns backwards out the door before following <laughs> you. After you search... Alright, so, I'm standing in the hallway, Devin's, I'm out of the office, um, so, I pretend holster the finger guns, and then I'm like, and then I look to, without saying anything, I look to the person who's going to be, uh, issuing me to the mech bay and be like, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Devin Moffat, it's the same guy that, like, taught you, to, that got you from the Toronto place. Um, and, like, all of the, um, as you, like, back up, you notice the four guards, we're like standing like at attention on either side of the door and he just like kind of like does a hand gesture and they all just like disperse he goes follow me and you go you get back in the elevator i'm gonna go back sorry you go way way down um you exit uh and you start just like walking for like you're walking for probably 45 minutes before you get to um one of the piers that is like the spider web of piers that circles out from the space station. Um, and there, the way the piers are set up is there's like, there's bays and like mech hangers and ship hangers and whatnot on the left. There's okay. like the walkway in the middle. And on the right hand side, there's like a shuttle system. Cause these, these you know, hallways are massive. Like they're miles long. Okay. Um, so he like calls a shuttle and after a while it gets there and you get in and he pushes in the coordinates. Um, and it's, you know, one of those, like, high-speed trams, and you start, you know, just jettisoning down. This entire time, he's been completely silent. And you're both just sitting in this awkwardly silent shuttle going down this incredibly long... Yeah. ...pier. Uh, so, attempting to break the quiet just a little bit on this, uh, incredibly awkward long journey, be like, uh... Cheers again for breakfast. Yes. Honestly? The performance of there made it entirely worth it. Oh. <laughs> well, he, I, he also does a little like kind of like a fake like tip of the hat to you. Well, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for being cool this evening. You could have had the goons like rough the crap out of me and drag me into that office by my heels, and 
I mean, not only did you pick up breakfast, but yeah, you, you gave me the courtesy. I really appreciate that, friend. He kind of gives, gives you an answer. I have worked for Balu for quite literally all of my working life, and even a little before that, technically. Wow. I have discovered being courteous first is never a bad thing. Roughing you up, as you say, would be absolutely a last resort, and only if you were being belligerent and threatening. I'm just saying, I would have beat me up and dragged me in there. <laughs> he chuckles and goes, a younger me might have as well, but experience is a, is a very valuable thing. Well, thank you. And while I have no idea if I have the, the sway or the clout, but yo, if I can sneak you a VIP ticket for the uh, for the mech rumble, you know I'm gonna. And fully knowing this guy clearly has the clout to get in himself. I have seen the Sonder and it is a it is a beautiful mech. Right, I am. Yeah, aside from aside from being mildly annoyed that I couldn't rename it before getting it from your boss, I I am exceptionally happy. Let me tell you, friend. He goes, <laughs> trust me. You, you do not want to attempt to rename one of Mrs. Ortov's mechs from her without getting, without, what's the best way to phrase this? Without earning the blood on your knuckles. <laughs> or clown blood, uh, I say quietly to myself. So, Miss, Miss Ortov, she sounds like a, she sounds like top research badassery. She is a, a titan of industry in her own way. She... Hey! In response to that pun, which he didn't intend to make, I do the finger guns. She is a titan of industry. She spearheaded a lot of research, despite the fact that she seems to not understand how any of the research works. Um, which is where Dr. Upton comes in, where she understands it and can relate to to uh, Miss Ortov. Okay, so those two are a pretty tight pair. <laughs> More ways than one, sir. More ways than one. They have been a duo for most of their adult lives, if not longer, if I'm mis not mistaken. Okay. Do you mind if I ask? How come you're? How come you're escorting me? I mean, you ain't. You're a pretty big deal around here, and. I know I just got to meet the boss and all, but yo. He kind of takes a deep breath and sizes you up for a second and goes, effectively, our mutual employer is very interested in you and he knows that I am good at uh, reading people and he wants to read on you. You didn't tell me about the shawarma, did you? Not yet. Probably should have washed my hands before I went in there, but that's another story. Probably. <laughs> oh. Uh, and I, I make an obvious gesture of cleaning my hands um, visibly, and then extend him my hand and go, well, it's been a pleasure meeting you proper, all right? Yes, I'm sure we'll do many again. You like, yeah, you know, he shakes your hand. Yeah. Uh, and like right at this point you pull in 
and the, the doors open up. And he goes, Hang your 42. All right, I'll see you when you see it. Run past. And with one foot out the door, I just turn around real quick and go, I, I turn around and just go, real quick, what's the station policy on clown murder? I believe it's frowned upon. But not forbidden. Nice. And then before he can correct me that murder is wrong, I leave. <laughs> he gives you a like. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it zooms back down towards.